welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today with us, we have Steve Crandell from Ashway and Jonathan Wolf is joining me. I know a lot of our listeners have really been enjoying the episodes with J-Dub and the deep dives we've been able to do into strings and some technology. And we're going to do just that today. I keep hearing from J-Dub all about Steve and how amazing he is and how many great stories he has. So J-Dub, I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay. Uh, as as Michelle said, we have Steve Crandall of Ashwa here. Um, he has been at the helm of Ashway for, let's just say, a very long time. Uh, I've on path uh, for little details about the game and stuff from way, way back. Um, I think one important thing to mention, we'll get into it, but uh, Ashway is now one of two brands that manufacture most of their strings in the U.S. Actually, for a really long time, Ashway was the only manufacturer of tennis strings in the U.S. Um, You know, the vast majority of tennis strings come from a handful of factories spread across Western Europe, Taiwan, and Japan. So Steve's definitely has a a pretty interesting story here. Um, Anyway, uh, I'll throw it over to Steve. If you could maybe give us a brief history of Ashway, including when and where you were founded, maybe when you launched your first string and how long you've been at the helm or, you know, just the basic bio of of the company. Yeah. Well, Ashway is a pretty unique company in the United States. It's one of the oldest family-owned business in the United States. We were founded in 1824. And my sisters and I are the sixth generation in the business. And my son, who's in charge of all production now, is uh, seventh generation. And we have two eighth-generation grandsons that are uh, moving along as well. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, The company was founded uh, producing commercial fishing line, twisted linen line. Um, The founder was Captain Lester Crandall, and he um, didn't like the lines he had to use, so he started twisting his own from linen, and that was in 1824. And it turned out the lines worked well. Everybody wanted to use them, and so he retired from fishing and went into line making. And our first export was in 1883 to Canada, tarred cod line. And um, the, the business is basically, uh, the specialty is braiding. And we're, the specialty is working with multi-filaments in braids, whether it's fish lines, medical threads for surgery, or medical devices, or racket strings. In addition to tennis strings, we make uh, racquetball and squash strings and badminton strings. And we have a uh, a pretty good sized factory here. We make millions of yards every year. And um, we made our first tennis string, first racket string, which was a tennis string called Multiply in 1949. So that would be, that would make it our 70th anniversary string making last year in 2019. 
And um, some of the other firsts that we've had in racket strings are uh, the first use of Kevlar, which is a very unique material that's uh, near and dear to our heart, has been used over the years by many top players. It's a, it's a unique string in that it's only used in the mains as, as a hybrid. And um, are actually probably our most famous tennis client uh, for string is none other than Andre Agassi, who won his, his first Wimbledon in 1992 uh, using a combination of Ashaway, uh, Kevlar, and the natural gut. I believe it, it was um, – it was – the stringer was Bow Brand at that time at Loon Balloon, and I believe Bow Brand Cut and Ashaway uh, Kevlar were the strings that he won with. And so, all the way up until the evolution of uh, polyesters, and actually after the evolution of polyesters, he used, used Ashaway Kevlar with uh, VS Gut. Uh, we're also the pioneers in the, the marketing of Zyx materials, which we also more generically call Peak polyether ether ketone. They're a very, very special uh, fiber, filament, polymer. Um, we use it in many, in many, many of our different strings, whether it's tennis, squash, or badminton. I mean, racquetball. It's too thin uh, to be used for, uh, for, for badminton. I mean, the strings, badminton strings are too thin uh, to use it in badminton. Uh, but it's been very popular. And... Uh, we started back in, oh boy, when Zyx was first introduced in the U.S. was probably in the 80s, late middle, middle 80s, thereabouts. And maybe a handful of manufacturers worked with it. Uh, but Ashway is the only one that's really stuck with it. And we started out with um, small monofilaments was all they could produce. We went to larger um, uh, multifilaments which gave us a much better range of making string diameters and different products for different sports. And the most recent evolution, probably close to 10 years now, I would say around 2010, was a 100% monofilament peak or Zyx string, um, which we call Monogut ZX, Monogut being our trademark for uh, monofilament string. Um, and that one uh, has stood the test of time. It's um, been with us 10 years. Sales keep growing every year. It's, it's an expensive string. It's a, a little bit of a tricky string to string with, but the performance benefits are fantastic. And um, I am not personally a huge believer in polyester. Yeah, we're going to get um, into that one. We're gonna, yeah. We're going to get into that. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but our, our first, our first foray, you know, the evolution for our company was commercial fishing, sport fishing, medical, and then sporting goods, racket strings. We also do some kite lines. We do a lot of archery products. Uh, we do uh, fly lines, the core for fly lines, backing. So actually in this pandemic, believe it or not, business has been pretty good in the fly line business, the commercial fishing business. Uh, the archery's business is really good. Is it correct that in a lot of, for a lot of these textiles and line, that you're braiding most of this stuff, that that's what your specialty is? Yes, exactly. And, that's true. Right. As, par as part of, as part of the, pro um, they're too stiff. 
So right out of the, off the bat, we use a textile grade of Kevlar. There are two types of Kevlar. There's industrial grade, which is like to make a tabletop or a coup or a baseball bat or a tennis racket as a reinforcement. And then there's the, the textile that wants some flexibility. So we, we spend the extra dollars to use the textile grade of Kevlar, whereas all of the other Kevlar strings are made with a Chinese non-DuPont material that is designed for reinforcing, not concrete, but reinforcing heavy materials. And so therefore, right off the bat, you have a more flexible product. Um, you, you mentioned, you asked about twisting versus braiding. Right. Most of the other Kevlar products in the market are the very stiff material, right. but it's also twisted. So there's less built-in give to it. Whereas with a braid, we can change the angle of the braid so that it becomes a little bit more flexible in the design of the material. Yeah, I think if you play if you play your Kevlar side by side against, say, Prince Problend or uh, Borton has a has a pretty good Kevlar string. Pacific uh, has one that we, you know that that we're no longer carrying. You know, it's it's pretty clear that that yours is just seems more flexible and a little more playable. Um, mm -hmm. So you're definitely doing something right there. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, one of, you know, to sort of jump in to take maybe a deeper dive into your, the specifics of your string line, um, I'd like to try starting with an issue that I know you've been trying to solve for years. And, you know, I know your answer to the question because we've been having this discussion forever, but let's get into it um, because I'd also like to hear Michelle's thoughts. Um, so I'll just throw it out there, um, you know, starting with Steve. Uh, do you guys think there are too many players using polyester? I know that's kind of broad. Yeah, that's pretty broad. I think there's too many um, play. I think there's, a, let's make it a positive. I think there's sure. a lot of player, players that would benefit from not using polyester. Right. And I think there's particular player types, and those player types especially would be juniors who are still growing that can potentially hurt themselves by using a string that is so stiff and requires such a high swing speed. Right. And if you want to take it, take that as, as your base, then I also think that um, what I will say are recreational players uh, for a general term would be better suited to use a multi-filament or a non-polyester uh, product because again they have to swing so hard to get any kind of benefit out of a polyester setup that um, it kind of detracts from uh, enjoying the game almost I mean I've played with polyester a few times in my life and it's just not a lot of fun yeah. so I think from a recreational point of view from a actual physical point of view when you're talking about um, your arm or your shoulder or your wrist, I think it really is a, um, uh, something that uh, should be taken in consideration. And, and I do think that some of the pros even, I'll pick on Nadal who's had wrist problems a lot. He's used poly forever. He has a very unique swing speed and a unique setup on the ball. 
but it does, besides his knees and other things giving out, it has been an issue for his wrist, I think, over the years as well. So. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question about the, the higher shock levels of polyester, and I'll get into that with my take on it. Michelle, where, where do you fall on this issue? Do you think too many players are using polyester, or you know, do you think that's not really a big issue? And no, I think um, I have would have to agree, but I also would like to add in something about racket technologies and the way we've seen rackets kind of progress over the past 10, 15, 20 years have become very stiff and powerful. So then sometimes the general player isn't as educated on what they should be stringing with and they might just see their favorite player using that racket and they want the exact same setup and they don't even realize. Um, I personally, I guess I'm lucky that I didn't grow up with polyester. So I know what the multi-filament feels like. I know what a Syngut feels like. I know what Kevlar feels like, but because I think I wasn't as educated about the rackets that were in my hands when I was younger and when poly was starting to get introduced. I I try to find control from a polyester, which is not also necessarily, (laughs) (laughs) it's not really like the best way to go about it. Instead of trying different rackets to find more control, I would always up, you know, the string and the string tension and it, it definitely does lend to, you know, I've had torn ligaments in my wrists and stuff like that, slap tears in my shoulder. So um, for sure. And I think all in all, the industry can continue to do a better job to educate the consumer that just because Rafa or someone's playing with it doesn't mean it's going to be the best fit for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just to sort of take off on what you said, I think in both what both of you said is that you know, I think the high stiffness of polyester, is, you know, is, could potentially be problematic, especially mm-hmm. in light of the lighter and stiffer rackets that, that are being produced. Um, there's no denying it. Light, stiff rackets send more shock to the arm than the heavy, flexible rackets that Steve and I grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, on the upside, the lighter rackets with this thicker, stiffer, more powerful beams have Transform the game. The modern spec formula, 300 grams combined with a wide 24, 26 millimeter beam, a low speedy swing weight, 72 RA stiffness. You know, they, they've definitely enabled more players to attack the ball with vicious stroke speed, which itself has unlocked higher levels of pace and spin, especially for folks who can't wield the heavier rackets you see on tour. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you guys have pointed out, when you combine the higher shock load of these lighter rackets with the higher shock load of polyester, um, there there are definitely some things to be aware of. There are some downsides, especially for players who get the tension wrong or don't contact the ball cleanly. I mean, you're an advanced player um, with clean mechanics. Uh, You don't have much problem with a pure drive, strong, tight, with a stiff poly which you kind of like to do. Um, but there are less advanced players who, I agree, may not have the mechanics to unlock the benefits of polyester. And, you know, they, but they see the players on the Pro Tour, hear all the a- accolades. And, and so that's definitely one of the things that I think, you know, Steve's strings have helped people address. Um, maybe these players actually need a softer option, perhaps a groundbreaking monofilament 
that snaps back like a poly for extra spin, but doesn't torture your tendons. Steve's most impressive string, which we'll get into, um, is probably a great solution for that. But, but let's first just sort of try to get into his multi-filaments quickly. <laughs> um, you, as you said, Steve, you you make your multis in in the at your factory in Rhode Island. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. You have three. Uh, they all fall under the heading dynamite. I think the 16 gauges dynamite tough, tough. The 17 gauges dynamite natural, and the thin 18 gauges dynamite soft. That's it, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and just, and I'll launch this over to you. And, in a sec. So for listeners who don't know, multi-filament strings are made with hundreds or thousands of flexible microfibers, typically. Um, the takeaway here is that if you're looking for comfort and power, and if you want to get greater arm protection without having to shell out 30 or 40 bucks for natural gut, you should be looking at the multi-filament category. Um, I've always thought that what makes Ashway multi-filament so interesting, and it's not just the, you know, the unique braided outer wrap or the fact that they're made in the U.S. as opposed to France, Taiwan, or Japan. It's the material, as you mentioned in the opening. It's Zyx, and it, it's definitely different than the standard nylon material used in the majority of multi multifilaments, and the lab data backs it up. Ashway multifilaments, as a group, have pretty much the lowest stiffness levels for their string type. I mean, isospeed polyolefin ribbon strings, you know, also have lower stiffness levels, but you know, it seems like your strings are, are pretty much the softest as a group. And this is a pretty big deal because it means these strings transfer less shock to the arm than, say, Wilson NXT, which is a lot more expensive. Um, I'm not saying NXT is uncomfortable by any stretch. Um, I'm just pointing out that Ashway has a pretty compelling data point when it comes to one of the main incentives for buying a multi-filament, which is comfort. So this leads to a question, Steve. Yep. And, and you sort of touched on it. Um, is there a reason why other brands don't use Zyx filaments? The benefits are hard to argue with. Um, I think the biggest disadvantage to working with uh, Zyx is, well, two things. One thing is uh, that it's a very stable material. And the benefit of that stability is that it holds tension very well, as opposed to nylon or polyester, which are, are much uh, more apt to stretch out uh, with, you know, the pounding that it takes in, in tennis. The Zyx filaments don't. But the other side of that is that Zyx filaments are very hard to work with, and they're very they're very hard to work with because they don't want to bind to anything. Um, they're so stable that it's you can't create a real chemical bond between them and something else. So that we had two solutions for that. The first solution was the multi-filament version, where we would incorporate the Zyx filaments into a matrix with nylon, and we would use a, what I will call a glue, a nylon glue, instead of a chemical reaction to bond it together. This uh, helps to make the, the product a unified product. It also helps it to make it more flexible and, as you said, softer playing and much more you know, user-friendly, arm-friendly. Um, the only disadvantage is that the, uh, the, 
the high-level player with a heavy topspin will chew right through right, a multi-filament right. string. So it needs to be used by the proper level of player and strung in the racket of the proper level of player. The second way we attacked that issue was to come out with a 100% monofilament. So there's no need for a binder <laughs> because it's all the same material. And there's no poly, there's no nylon, there's nothing else in there. There's no glue. It's just all extruded at one time um, in a solid monofilament. Which, by the way, Steve, I actually tested an early prototype of what is your most unique string, which you've just touched on. And, you know, definitely your most prized creation. And... You know, I'll just tell everybody, many years ago when I was working at the United States Racket Stringers Association, Steve sent me a prototype to test on our lab equipment, and he was pretty coy. He didn't really tell me what I was going to find out. He was just saying, just see what you think. And so handling the string, it's a monofilament, makes me think, you know, it's, it's probably a polyester, uh, but it was kind of flexible, you know, I was anticipating that it would test like a softer copoly. And so I, I test the string on our diagnostic machine and I get a stiffness number that you can only get from natural gut. I cannot stress how unlikely the results were. And I wasn't buying it, by the way. I, I checked the settings of the machine. I couldn't find anything wrong. Then I retested the string again. And lo and behold, I got the same number. So at this point, I needed to bring in the big guns. I called, <laughs> I called the man who built the machine I was using, a former colleague who had gone up to Tennis Warehouse at this point, the Tennis Warehouse University professor himself, Crawford Lindsay. He actually built the machine with Rod Cross, a longtime physics professor at the University of Australia. Um, not to toot Crawford's horn too much, but there is nothing like this machine for uncovering the truth of how a string is likely to perform. The machine basically gives you the master spec that determines things like feel, comfort, power, tension loss, and trajectory. Let's just say it's better than most string marketing, which promises every benefit under the sun. Spin, comfort, power, control, world <laughs> peace. You know, so, right. So <laughs> after getting quite literally unbelievable results, from the, from the string you sent me, I basically needed the inventor of the machine to help me figure it out. And, you know, he shared my skepticism. So he had me checking settings of the machine that I didn't know existed. You know, he's also kind of a life coach. So he told me to take a break, eat a donut, you know, do some shadow boxing in front of the mirror, give myself oh my a pep God. talk. I was, I was stressed out because I didn't want to publish these results in the magazine and find out from everybody that you can't have a monofilament with the stiffness of a natural gut. You know, I think he also asked if, I, if I'd been drinking, um, but, <laughs> but I wasn't. Um, long story short, after about a half hour of screaming at each other, we figured out that the machine was fine and the results were correct. And more importantly, Steve had done something unprecedented, which was to create a monofilament string with the stiffness of, of a natural gut. I still kind of don't believe it. This <laughs> prompts, you know, a question to Steve. I know it's been several years, but can you give us a rough, rough estimate for how long it took for you to develop something this unique? 
Um, I think the process took overall about two years between concept and and marketing into you know presenting it to the market. But the 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 the, the first you know half, let's say, went pretty quickly. It was the second half that took longer in that development cycle. The reason being the concept was there, you know, this string works so well in squash and racquetball and tennis in multi-filament form, then why is it going to work well in monofilament form? Right, right. But, but the issue was creating a string that you could actually get into the racket because Zyx and Peak is not, doesn't have the, the, the loop strength um, and flexibility that a uh, nylon or a, or a poly does. The poly is a bad example, but nylon, you know, the typical softer string, they have great loop strengths, you know, and you can hardly ever break them on the side of the frame. But when right, you take a like mon- the, It's like the tensile strength, which is why you exa- have recommendations well, for stringers. R- right. It, the tensile strength is one thing, right. but with tennis strings and in bracket strings in general, right. the knot strength is actually the most important thing. Right. And with some of the early Zyx strings, you could easily break the, the knot by your hand when you were stringing the, the frame. So we had to work on changing the, uh, you know, the peak formulation and try and up the numbers. And we actually got up to the range of, I'd say, an average of 80 pounds for knot strength, the, oh, wow. the tensile strength. And, but that was not we were we started out closer to 50 to 60 which is you know right on the edge so that was the that half of the pro- project probably took three quarters of the time um so the the concept was pretty easy didn't take too long but the the reality of bringing it into a, a marketable form where people could string it and one of the issues in the beginning was when you'd send out a sample that people would look at it and go, oh, this is just a poly. And right. people, you, you can run a truck over poly and string it and you won't have any problem. Right. But if you get a little nick in a monogut ZX string and a peak monofilament right. string, if you're not a good stringer or you're a home stringer, that nick will just go. Maybe not during the stringing process, but maybe the first time you hit it. Mm. And it's also not a product that you'd recommend for what I will call are wild swingers, which are junior players that 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 hit off center, and and any kind of players that are 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 not experienced will and will tend to hit off center on overheads or serves or whatever. Uh, whereas uh, quality players that use the sweet spot regularly, they have absolutely no problem with it. Yeah. So where I think this gets interesting because it's such a a soft string, which means you know, the power potential goes up, the softer it is. Um, You had mentioned earlier that, you know, it might not be perfect for some advanced full bed poly players. You know, for my part, I think this group sort of requires a lower power, you know, at least some of them require a low powered string to achieve nuclear stroke speed without the ball launching too high or slipping out of its trajectory exactly you know and i know you can calibrate the power level through tension but but i also think there's a you know there's a reason why polyester gained popularity with a certain group of players especially at the the pro and collegiate level and the good news is we have a guinea pig right here um (laughs) michelle who i mentioned played d1 college tennis 
who absolutely punishes the ball. Um, and as I also mentioned, tends to string her polyester tighter than anyone. Um, she doesn't have arm issues because she plays with a leaded ProStaff RF97. That is not all, you know, it's not only. She doesn't have yeah. arm issues because right. all the tissues are dead right. already. She's already <laughs> destroyed her arm and, you know, yeah, that's, heavily that's medi- she's heavily medicated. And caffeinated. Uh, and caffeinated. And her racket is heavy enough to absorb the shock of a stiff polyester. And I also think her stick might be too heavy for even Federer. Um, <laughs> he likes a high swing weight. I don't think he yeah. could, I don't think he could bring it around anyway. Um, Michelle has been play testing both a full bed of Monoglut ZX. I think we put her in the, the 16 gauge, not the pro 17 gauge. And she's been testing it side by side with your crossfire ZX, which is the Kevlar main. And then I think the 17 gauge, uh, Monoglut ZX cross. Um, right. and, and I was just going to throw it out to Michelle you know, what'd you think? Were you able to control a full swing with both setups, starting with the full bed of Monoglot ZX? And did you find that you like the Kevlar Monoglot ZX hybrid more than the full bed of Monoglot? Or were they both about the same for you? What'd you think? Yeah, that's a loaded question. (laughs) I'll start with the full bed of ZX. And I actually had never played with this string before. I have heard a lot, a lot, a lot about it and various opinions going into the playtest. However, um, hearing some of the feedback from other playtesters, I experienced no issues with flightiness. I had control over the ball. I could swing big and was getting the ball to land inside the court. Um, My biggest issue actually was I never felt like I could feel a sweet spot. It's so the string bed just kind of felt a little, I don't know what the right word is. Um, I just never felt like dialed in. I never felt like I knew exactly where my ball where was you were hitting in my it? string bed. Right, yes. because poly, I mean, just to jump in quickly and I'll let you go, but polyester, yeah. because polyester is stiffer, the sweet spot feels a lot more defined. When you mm-hmm. leave that sweet spot, it can often be very harsh and grassy, where with a comfortable string, it's harder to figure out the geography of the string bed based on a stiffer feel as you go away from the the sweet spot. So I think, you know, that seems to, to sum up what, what you experienced. Definitely. Um, and then transitioning, actually, I started hitting the hybrid with the Kevlar first. And I used to play with Kevlar when I was in my teens. And I was shocked at what I experienced because I thought it was going to be rock hard, super stiff. And everybody was warning you, by the way. Yeah, everyone. Right. right. So when I handed it to the stringer and gave him the tension, he he accepted, you know, he accepted it. And then I find out later behind my back, he was saying, she's going to hate it. This is the wrong tension. What, what, what's he thinking telling me to string Kevlar this tight? But I knew, first of all, that Steve's Kevlar, Ashway's Kevlars are actually more comfortable than people realize. And that with, Z, with you know, Monoglut ZX or ZX in the crosses, you know, it's, it's actually not an uncomfortable setup, right? It was not uncomfortable at all. Honestly, it felt, and people are listening are going to like laugh and say whatever, but it felt plush at impact. I really, really, really enjoyed it to the point where 
I talk a lot about testing things blind all the time. And I wish I hadn't heard anything about it because if Jonathan just handed it to me and I had no idea, I would never have guessed there was Kevlar in there. I would have no idea. It felt very plush. Um, The biggest issue I had with that setup was after I would say a solid 10, 15 hours of use, it did start to feel a little bit more flighty and a little more springy, but uh, yeah. As far as strings go, I was super happy and I felt dialed in. I could feel the sweet spot with that hybrid. And to be fair, I mean, you know, most players who put the kind of, let's just say, load or damage on a string bed like, you know, like yourself, typically do, you know, lots Restring. of stringing. That's yeah. why, that's why <laughs> that pros, appropriate. yeah, especially with polyester, which has mm-hmm. terrible tension maintenance. You know, I mean, pros are, you know, they bring several rackets to every match and recycle at every ball change. So I was, I was just wondering, Steve, do you, do you see your Crossfire ZX and, and as a viable option for, you know, your biggest hitters? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, in terms of sales, the Crossfire ZX is definitely on a, an increasing trend line. Um, so I think that that says a lot right there. But um, there's no question that uh, Kevlar is a very special and unique mainstring. And our standard Crossfire is to put together with a synthetic gut. But when you put it together with the Monogut ZX, you sort of got the best of both worlds, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would ask Michelle a couple questions. H- how was the snapback with the Kevlar and the ZX? I thought it was great. I had, I mean, the string snapped back well. There was nothing staying out of position or anything. You weren't straightening, right? Or were you? I wasn't straightening. Not straightening right. No. Yeah. And I don't that's... think you were straightening with the full bed either, were you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cause that's, that, that would be one of my questions um, would be because the Kevlar tends to be a little bit more textured. Mm-hmm. You wonder, you wonder if you would get that kind of, like you said, where you have to do straightening, but because of the Zyx with the Kevlar, I don't think you do. And I don't mm-hmm. think you, I don't think you get that same action when you put a sin gut or a, a, some other kind of a softer, uh, multi-filament in, in the uh, cross. The other question is, what what tension did you use the full string bed at? Do you know? Jonathan's in charge. <laughs> I, I, right. I didn't, you know, jack it up to her usual poly tension because I wanted to set her up to fail. <laughs> and so I did, you know, I, I went to 56 pounds, which is low for her. And yet, she still was able to command the ball, the control the ball on a full cut, which is, you know, which is pretty good yeah. for, for a player like her who is sort of addicted to the uber stiffness of polyester. Yeah. Well, that's in, in the development process, along with the, uh, the, the stringability and the, the, you know, the, the knot strength, we also had to really hone in on tensions because people always want to know about tensions. And in this day and age, tensions, uh, you know, are a little bit more confusing. And so we found that you don't want to string it anywhere below 50 pounds. This is Monogut ZX full bed. You really don't want to string it over 60 pounds because then it gets stiff because it doesn't lose tension. 
And really that sweet spot area is between 50 and 60, but I would even say between 54 and 57. And we find that the, the very best juniors in the country, the ones that have arm problems or whatever and switch to it, they like it about 57, 58, and they get 30, 40, 50 hours, you know, when they're playing with it. Um, but if you go down, if a player is just a, a recreational player, then okay, 52, 53, that would yeah. be all right. But a good player at the attention, it flies off the yeah, full, ball. Yeah, full swings. It, Definitely. It's hard. It's hard to tame it. Yeah. So it, as opposed to poly, where you can string it at twenty or you can string it at sixty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on what you're looking for, you don't have that wider range. And I think that's part of the DNA, if you will, of peak as a material, is that it has that certain area where it is the best material for racket string of any type closest to natural gut, you know, and when you go on either side of that, it's too loose and it's hard to control or it's too tight and too stiff and it's not fun to play with. But, and that's what, that's one of the challenges both with selling the the multi-filament version and the monofilament version is giving people the right advice so they can go, go ahead and, and find the tension that works for them. Right. And they also have the, option for maximum control by throwing Kevlar in the mix. Yeah. So it's like you, you have every, you know, you sort of hit all the stroke speeds and ability levels. Yeah. Uh, you know. Also, for one other thing about Monogut ZX, I know there are a lot of players that they use the, the poly in the mains and they just put the Monogut ZX in the cross. Right. I would say, I would say we're, our sales of reels, we do the small reels, the big reels, we do a, a special reel for uh, TW and um, those are really increasing because people are they then able to take the the Monogut ZX and create their own hybrid. Um, or if they've got somebody who wants full bed, full bed. Somebody wants uh, hybrid, hybrid. And uh, obviously, ZX is very expensive material. Right. If you buy it in a reel. And you can really utilize only what you need. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your b- best bang for your buck. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the reason I sort of brought up, you know, the Crossfire ZX is because we, you know, the question on the message board, we had a, this poster said after trying a number of different combination, I've settled. So he, he actually chose to sort of stay with the black mono gut ZX Pro, um, which is the 17 gauge. Um, but then he said it, it doesn't pocket the ball nicely. I think he's got to work on his tension there. But um, but then he goes on to talk about tension. And he said when he goes down in tension, it's too powerful. And and then he sort of asked what you know if they're what the future of Zyx was. If you had anything you know in the mix, and you know he'd love to see a, a square hexa, you know a hexagonal yeah. or something like that. But one of the re- one of the things I wanted to say was, if you listen to what Michelle just said about the fact that she was able to use the the Kevlar hybrid with the Monogutsi X and didn't complain about discomfort, had huge control as would be expected because of the Kevlar mains. But she also reported that she had great pocketing, and this mm. is one of the things in which might 
you know, sort of be the thing that happens when the ball is getting crushed against the string bed and stays on there longer might give you the right. sense of more dwell time. But anyway, she, she's sort of, res, you know, responding to this player's concerns. And so I would just say to this person, you might check out the Crossfire ZX because I think it, it, it actually might work and you might just keep experimenting with the, with your full right. set of Monogut ZX, but there are definitely ways to, to get there. And, and exploit yeah. Monocut CX, which, you know, is going to give you a more comfortable feel than, you know, almost anything on the market besides natural gut, which is, you know, a big deal for some players. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, we can try this last bit because it, it talks about, it's a fun story about your, your polyester, which I think is, which has some interesting data to it, which is sort of tasty for would be tasty for some of the, the our consumers. So let me just jump into it. Um, you know, the last part of your string line is something that doesn't get a lot of focus. Uh, it's your only polyester monofilament. It's called simply Monogut. Uh, it posted the exact same dynamic stiffness as Luxalon Alu Power when I tested it at the USRSA. We also tested both Monogut, the poly, and Alu Power uh, on a similar machine in Tennis Warehouse built by Crawford. And the numbers were, again, remarkably close. So I think it, we definitely hit on something in the string. It wasn't just user error. Um, granted, there are other features besides stiffness that dictate how a string plays, like, for instance, the friction properties or, tent, or how tension loss changes the feel and trajectory over time. But stiffness is a huge variable to feel and performance. Given how close the specs of your budget polyester and aloe power are, I've always wondered why savvy poly shoppers didn't take advantage of this string. At under six bucks, it's arguably one of the best poly values on our site. Um, have you ever thought of putting more marketing behind it? Or do you think the poly universe is so overfilled with redundant options that it makes more sense to devote your energy to Monogut CX? Exactly. The, I, without a doubt, the long term would be, uh, there is some confusion with people buying the Monogut thinking that it's the Monogut right. ZX right. and being very disappointed, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I think the poly segment is, you know, saturated. That's right, probably right, a good right. good word for it. And from a marketing perspective, I think our going forward marketing of Monogut ZX, the hybrid capabilities of Monogut ZX, the dynamite, um, and our Kevlar's, uh, as you pointed out, that's really our niche right. uh, in the, in the tennis market going forward. Um, we make an inexpensive nylon Liberty here in the States and we sell quite a bit of it. It's probably the least expensive, um, you know, tournament nylon on the market. I think and it, it is, is made and yeah. it is made in the USA. We'll continue to make that, but for us to try and compete in the polyester market that's dominated by so many other players, it just doesn't really make sense rationally. Yeah. Long I mean, I, I think the one fact that we can all agree on, I hope, is that there are too many polyester strings out there. <laughs> um, so, yes, I agree. Yeah. So, you know, for that reason, um, it, it just makes sense for people to check out other options. And I think you guys definitely have a bunch of cool options for 
for everybody, for all ability levels. Maybe at some point we'll do, you know, a message board play test with 10 people. We'll have them play with their favorite poly and then a set of whatever gauge of mono gut they want. It'll just be 10 people, so it won't be a lot of string. And then uh, the Monogut ZX hybrid. And just see if, to, you know, be interesting to, to see if what people would think. I think they'd be very surprised. Oh, yeah. They're a, it opens people's yeah. eyes. Yep. Especially a stringer. When he opens the package and he takes out the string and he goes, oh, that's just a poly. And then he puts right. the fourth pull on it. And it pulls forever. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, no, that's no. not a poly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah, he won't be prepared yeah. like I was for the fact that it's closer to natural gut than any monofilament he's ever held. So yeah. anyway, that seems like a, like a good place to end it. Uh, for yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us, Steve. You had so many great things to say, and I think this is an awesome episode and gives so many people a reason to try some of the Ashway strings and whatever sounds best for, you know, try something new, try something different. Don't listen to what the stringers say. Right. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or the coaches. Or the coaches. Yeah. The coaches are always, the coaches are always trying to tell the juniors, oh, you've got to use this poly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you don't have to use that. You do not have to. (laughs) You do not have to. Right. And if anyone you heard that here. (laughs) (laughs) But if anyone listening does have any further questions, definitely give us a call or email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com and we will do our best to answer your questions and get you in the right Ashway string. And we're super excited. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll be happy to come back. Yeah, I was gonna say that would be great because I know we had a bunch of questions that great. we didn't get to. So yeah. maybe a part two, part three, part four. <laughs> yeah, we got okay. strings out there. So yeah, people yeah. let's okay. definitely do that. So thanks for joining us. We appreciate okay. your time. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com tenniswarehouseeurope.com and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting.